genius for life. Coconut smoothies coming at you. Hello there. Welcome to episode 12 of 15 Minutes of Genius. We're proud that we're at 12. We're proud that we're proud that we're still going. Our goal is just to get to 13. We're just we're doing a day by day here at Manhattan Beach Studios. So uh, as I mentioned, filming all this Manhattan Beach Studios, my buddy Mark N at ManhattanBeachStudios.net. There he is. It's the uh, the quarantine beard in full style. There. This is our amazing studio. It is awesome. If you would like any video, audio, editing, photography, uh, you know, uh, studio photography, anything like that, all these, he's, he's a specialist at it, reach out to him, Mark Ann at ManhattanBeachStudios.net. It could look as beautiful as this video cast. So that's pretty amazing. All right, so I'm going to roll right in to my guest. This guy is awesome. Met him, I think, two years ago at Expo East. Fell in love with his product. Fell in love with him platonically. This guy's amazing. Let's go into a little intro. Matt Weiss, he's the founder and CEO of Rhine Snacks. After nearly uh, after <laughs> a nearly two-decade career in finance, Matt launched Rhine in 2017 in a return to his family family's health food roots. Matt's passion for whole food snacking was inspired by lessons he learned from his great-grandmother, Helen Seitner a health food pioneer who operated a well-known natural food store in Michigan in the 1920s. Through Rind, Matt continues Helen's legacy of sustainable snacking with a modern twist by encouraging consumers to keep it real and eat the peel. Now, Rind Snacks. Rind is a better-for-you snack brand focused on whole fruit nutrition. With a product line powered by the peel, the company's craveable dried fruit snacks, and they are craveable, maximize nutrition and minimize waste, which we'll get into. Rhine sits at the intersection of two of the most powerful trends in CPG today, functional nutrition and sustainable snacking together in one. Matt, how's it going, buddy? Alex, it is great to be with you, and uh, I miss seeing you at all the shows. I know. I, I, hopefully another show actually happens at some point, you know, sometime in 2021. Who knows? It'd be good to be live with other humans at some point, not, not all through screens. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, Zoom seems to be the new standard. So hopefully we can get back to normal human interaction, you know. All right. So Amen. let's roll right into it. Career in finance, right? You start in finance, obviously, uh, knowing how to manage finances, knowing how to manage money is super instrumental in running a CPG business. Tell us about your story on you started in finance, then you got then you went over to CPG, got inspired at a young age by your great grandmother. Let's talk about all that and how you eventually got to the path where you are now. Great. Uh, look, I am pursuing my passion in life. And uh, for the last 20 years, I was pursuing other people's dreams. And I wanted to really take that plunge and build something for myself, for my family uh, that could connect with others and provide a really um, nutritious whole fruit snack that I remember hearing stories about when I was a kid and my great grandmother who lived to about a hundred wow. used to preach roots, rinds, seeds, and stems, all those forgotten scraps that are, you know, really gems that have the greatest concentration of, of nutrients and minerals and, and fiber, and yet are some of the most commonly discarded food scraps 
So I was always entrepreneurially minded. And when I was, you know, getting that itch and yearning, um, I was covering public food companies at my previous job. Um, my experience took me to the expos where we met and I fell in love. It's hard not to be, you know, so captivated by the excitement of innovation, creativity, uh, not to mention like tasty snacks and um, like, it's just, it's amazing. And so I knew that was what I wanted to do. And so on the side, I started incubating this idea of a skin on snack product that brought fruit snacks back to their roots away from the artificial sweetened, you know, candied nature that they had somehow become and really amp it up with this bold, uh, exciting, you know, take on a classic snack food favorite. So that's what Ryan's all about. And it's, it's very, very different. And it also, I mean, lower sugar. It also has a ton of fiber. So there's a lot of nutritional benefits just for, you know, for the average consumer that is buying this. But I think the most important thing that was, you know, you mentioned too, is that it, it's on, you're on a mission, it's healthy for you, but it also tastes really good. And those two have to be together to have a real successful brand, right? So talk to us more about the sustainability factor. This is huge, right? People are switching from plastic. People are upcycling now. Um, tell us yeah. about your your mission, how you arrived to do the upcycling, and then how does that even work? Like, how are you able to source upcycled um, fruit? Yeah, so it's integral to what we do. It's It's not just about snacking better, it's about doing better. And it's doing better by your body, by the planet. Um, you know, there should be, it's nature's candy, dried fruit and, um, and fruit in general. And so stripping away the most nutritious part and adding sugar and adding preservatives like sulfur dioxide, it's like criminal. Um, it's kids on, on stuff they shouldn't be having. And so what's important is a lot of the upcycle movement, which I love and which Ryan gets kind of grouped into is often taking a byproduct from one supply chain and is turning it into a value added product and creating another, you know, category. With Rind, the problem is even more elemental. It's it starts at um, the point where fruit is being peeled and this most nutritious layer is being removed because it doesn't meet those aesthetics of, you know, beautiful uh, blemish free products or uh, the peel imparts more tanginess, but that's where all the fiber is. You know, I, it's so such a simple concept where when you have uh, baked goods, for example, and you want to add uh, some zing to those, people just take some lemons and some oranges and mm -hmm. grate it and add that zest. And it really amp flavor profile and a little bit of nutrition. We take that to the next level and create a whole snackable slice centered around the rind um, how we do it is pretty simple. Most other brands are asking for a peeled spec from their suppliers, which creates a ton of unnecessary food waste. We are working with best in class growers, farmers, co-packers, and we are focused on maintaining the natural integrity of the fruit by keeping the rind, the seeds, occasionally the stems intact, um, removing the waste, and the unnecessary time involved in um, in removing the rinds and creating what we think is a certainly more nutritious, tangy, textural snack experience. Mm. And I would have never guessed from 
tasting your product for the first time that it's from the rind or from the peel, right? And I, that's what I love about the branding, like keep it real, eat the peel. And I think that is a very, very powerful um, mission, the sustainability mission. I remember seeing a video, I think on YouTube, that talked about all the apples that are thrown away in one year. And it was like yeah. 50 football fields. So you're part of that yeah. mission to really sustain the fruit, not just throw it away and actually use that entire peel. How does it taste so good being the peel? Like, I just don't, it's just unbelievable. So peels are like, are bursting with nutrition and flavor. And there's good reason why they, they are the antioxidant armor of the fruit that they are dealing with all the environmental stressors during the growing season in the field in the orchard and as a result all these like phytonutrients are concentrated at the peel the edge of the fruit and that creates powerful polyphenols antioxidants uh you know the vitamin content and that's what gives uh fruits and um, products that have that same concentration of nutrients in the skin flavor. And it's not just bright colors, but it's the flavor that comes through. It's more tangy, more bittersweet. That's where we think taste profiles are shifting. You have like a whole generation of millennials that are putting sriracha on everything and they're looking and then conditioning their taste buds for something bold exciting flavorful and rinds really deliver that in terms of flavor and then a nutritional punch as well mm. and you're definitely right that a lot of the competitors that i see right and you know i remember maybe 10 you know five ten years ago when i was really into like dried fruit snacks um i would buy them and it would be loaded with sugars loaded with flavorings and it, it's like it's like crack right it's like it's too sweet and it's <laughs> too good and it goes a further and further away from nature what I love about your product is you keep it as close to nature as possible, but in a consumable format where the product does not go, you know, like an apple will go bad if you cut it open within a, you know, half a day, right? It'll turn brown. Yours, yep. without adding preservatives or anything weird to it or junky extras, it just lasts for a good amount of time, but also has the nutrition in it as well. So it's the best of both worlds. It's a mobile snack you can have anywhere. I want to get into something that I've been battling with as an entrepreneur. Um, this just came to my mind as we're talking that um, scaling a brand, right? Scaling a brand that's niche. I feel like, you know, our coconut smoothies niche in a way, right? But still can be mainstream uh, dried fruit snacks that use the rind that's on a sustainability mission uh, that also is somewhat niche. How do you grow this from all the natural retailers into more conventional retailers? Like, how do you think, how do you think that this can go all the way, meaning beyond just natural and get into any conventional retailer? And if so, uh, tell me why. Yeah, glad you asked that question. You know, dried fruit is a nice size market. It's about a $2 billion market, super sleepy. You still see a ton of those red box, sun-made raisins, ocean spray, dried cranberries, nothing against those products, but you know, the consumer that's looking for bold, tangy flavors aren't being served by raisins and prunes and apricots, and they're grabbing mangoes, which have become big. Um, they may be grabbing coconut chips, which have become big. Um, but we are introducing them to, like you said, some really unique exotic fruits like persimmon, like kiwi, cantaloupe with the rind on, watermelon with the rind on. Mm -hmm. We think the consumer is ready for, you know, these more fringe fruits that haven't been utilized in snack formats uh, to come into the mainstream. But where we see 
big op opportunity is in, frankly, a bit of an adjacent TAM that's still very much on par with our brand promise of, uh, you know, maximizing nutrition and minimizing waste, but in a format that is much more um, mainstream, and that's coming next year. Uh, it's still going to be a fruit-centered snack, but it's going to sort of create a bit more of a of its own category that. Um, we think people are going to find way more accessible and approachable. Um, we're going to continue the growth of our dried fruit line, which is highly complementary, and we see huge runway. But where we're taking fruit snacks is going to be a massive opportunity. That's great, and it's I love how you're you're you know we just talked about this on our last episode with David at Dream Pops, which is about learning what is going, what is working, what's not working in natural. Right? I see natural as a padded yep. room. Uh, where you can fall, you can hit your head and still be okay and not get a concussion. You learn what mm -hmm. is working and then you adapt that and move that into the conventional market. I'm really excited to see what, what innovation you guys will come out with early next year. And um, I think that's a really good move is to cater it towards a more mainstream customer that anyone can just pick this up and love it. And also love to use exotic fruits. I think that's a huge selling exactly. point, like kiwis. You don't see dried fruit kiwis really anywhere. So that's, that's exactly. a great innovation. So, and uh, we have a couple minutes left here. So um, I, I really want to just pick your brain just for a minute or two for all the entrepreneurs watching. When you create something that really no one else has ever done, right, which is the Rhine dried fruit snack, how do you go about creating that? How do you find the right co-packers? Like, it's just, when you start something, let me rephrase my question. Would you rather start something brand new that no one else has ever done or do something better than what's already in the market? You know, what is your strategy, in your opinion, to really have the most success? And how are you able to create this where it's really, really yeah. different, right? I listened to a podcast this morning that dabbled in this topic, and I loved the answer, which was innovation in both emerging categories where you're blazing the trail, which is really difficult, but the size of the prize is massive, um, or innovating in an existing category and expanding the size of the market and the TAM. And the, the common misconception is that you can't expand the TAM of an existing market. Um, it's just sort of the way it is is the way it is. I'll give you an example, um, electric cars uh, before Tesla. You know, they had been around, they had been, you know, there'd been incremental advances. Um, GM had one. Uh, the Volt, the Leaf, et cetera, and nothing ever really gained traction. And people would have written off electric vehicles, uh, you know, before they became what they are before Tesla. And so it, what it took, though, was an entrepreneur who gave a damn. And in that case, it was Elon Musk. And to take the time to focus on a category that others have written off and sort of saying there's nothing exciting about this and um, proving them wrong, that's exciting to me. Now, comparing electric vehicles to the world of fruit snacks is very different, right. but I think it takes an entrepreneur to look at a category and say, it doesn't have to be this way and to give a damn and to say, I am going to create a more functional, modern snack that appeals to a whole generation of consumers who don't want raisins, who don't want prunes, who don't want sugar on nature's candy and want something bold, exciting, sustainably focused, mission-driven, and um, build an entire brand that 
didn't exist on anyone's radar, you know, a few years before. It, it can be done. It just requires an individual with passion and creativity to take the step. Exactly. That was really, really well said, man. Really well said. And execution is key, right? Is getting the product in the stores, selling it in. I mean, I could see this at Costco, right? Right next to the dried mangoes and, you know, the other dried fruits yep. they have. I could see this right next to those in Costco. And I think I have a hunch that it will be there, right? Sooner than later. So um, working okay, on well, it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It takes time. Yeah, learning from experience, it takes time to get into these larger retailers. But when you get in, it's worth it. So uh, the long sloth of, of, of selling product in. So we have about a minute yeah. left here. Um, any other parting advice that you have for entrepreneurs? You've covered a lot already, man. Like you've covered how to innovate within an existing space. You covered sustainability. Is there anything else that really comes to mind that you want to share with all the entrepreneurs and everyone watching on LinkedIn? Yeah, I'd love to. That is the importance and often underrated the idea of planting seeds are, um, you know, you, you, there, I, I subscribe to and believe in relentless networking and good people give off sort of a vibe and you can just feel it when you connect with them, when you meet with them, maybe when you've read an article about them and you want to just meet them on LinkedIn, seek out those good people, plant seeds don't ask for anything, but just uh, listen and learn. And mm -hmm. I think so many people feel uh, a little paralyzed to reach out to people that may be a little further along in their career path that they admire that are doing things. And I think they'd be really surprised at how approachable people are about, um, sharing some of their lessons that they've learned along the way. And I think that's what's awesome about the food and beverage community that, that we're a part of. Alex, I'm sure you feel the same way. And, you know, there's really great people in our industry and seek them out, plant seeds, you know, uh, leave no stone unturned. It's a long game and embrace the grind and embrace the rind. I love it. Race the grind, embrace the rind. I love this. <laughs> so that's a great way to end this uh, episode 12. Um, thank you, Matt, for joining us. Great advice. And, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, I really enjoyed having you on this. So thank you again. Thanks, Alex. It's been a pleasure. Keep up the great work on this uh, podcast. It's awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Okay, so that is episode 12 of 15 Minutes of Genius with none other than the founder and CEO of Rhine Snacks, Mad Weiss. Keep it real. Eat the peel. Going to get some of that on my way home tonight from Whole Foods or from all these other retailers they're in. So, uh, again, big credit. To Mark Nicholas, Mark N at ManhattanBeachStudios.net. He's the man that made this entire show happen. It's just me, him, backwall, and a ton of editing and computers. And he made it happen. He's a genius. So thank you again. Episode 12 in the books. And I always end with this. Stay genius, my friends. Genius for life. Coconut smoothies coming at you.